Valentine Getoho. So today we're going to go continue and we will go into our reading today, which is on based on Exodus 12, 20, 12 to 17, which is the other commandments from the, the fifth to the tenth commandment. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When we look at all these commandments, we are actually talking about our relationships with others. It's how am I to live in pursuing in, in, our, in relationship with others. And there are two key, key lessons we're going to learn today. The first one is the parent-child relationship has spiritual and generational consequences. And the second one, godliness and honesty must go together. Godliness and honesty must go together. Let's look at the first lesson, that the parent-child relationship has spiritual and generational consequences. In Exodus 2012, we read, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The parent-child relationship is the first place of a family where, from which nations and the kingdom of God is established. It is the first place where a child comes to learn about authority. It is the first place where a child comes to learn about obedience. It is the first place a child comes to learn about being rewarded for obedience. So it is a very, very important stage, and that's why the parent-child relationship is, more, is very important. The values therein start from the child uh, that are established in the child is how to honor their parents. And to honor means to value and respect. How do we value and respect our parents all the days of our lives? I know this is a very hard teaching, especially when your parent is not the ideal parent. But let me tell you, there is no ideal parent. And by the way, there's nobody ideal. Even when we look at others and think that because you're born again, you should behave this way. We are all sinners and, and fall short of the glory of God. At the end of the day, our accountability is to God and God alone. So our parent as well is accountable to God and God alone. So we're in a fallen world. And when we think about pursuing parents and we're pursuing holiness and we're thinking, how are we going to honor? How are we going to value and respect this parent? Yet they are authoritative, they're abusive, they're passive, they're distant, they're absent. Some of them we even don't know. And some are even foster parents. But it is in fatherhood, specifically, that we learn the fatherhood of God. And it actually has an impact on how we re relate to our parents, to, the, to God the Father. So the parent-child relationship is very, very important. A childhood, uh, um, as a result of not knowing God, of not having a relationship with our, with our father, we sometimes have a problem as to the way we relate with God the Father. We must not therefore take the parent-child relationship in, in just a very simple way. And that's why as fathers, as parents, we need to connect with our children. We need to do that which is right. And the Lord talks about it in Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, through the book of Ephesians, to, but through Paul. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. 
Note, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. So as, ch as, as children, as we are honoring our parents, as we are valuing them, as we are respecting them, it is in the Lord. There are certain things that your parents may be asking you to do, but they do not honor God. God comes first. So you may be persecuted, you may be punished, certain things might happen to you that are not right because you chose not to honor what your parent is saying because it is not in line with what God is saying. It is well. The Lord says that in this world we have many troubles and these are some of the troubles that we will have. So honor God and some of them is that you've decided that you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior and they're telling you you're too young, you're this, you can't, you won't even make it. But at the end of the day it is not a about us. It is about God and him helping us through the Holy Spirit to walk. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you. Going well with you means that you may have abundant life. You may have life even though it may not even be long. It may be full because you live a life of forgiveness, a life of respect. And you know what? Whatever you do to your parents today, as you pass it, it will pass on because the children are watching you and they will do the same thing. Do not lose out. And fathers, do not exasperate your children. Do not. Do not. And we know fathers do that. And as a result, they go and they exasperate even your grandchildren. That whole generations are affected because of the way the parent-child relationship. So we need to train and instruct the children in the way they should go. So let us check our relationship with our parents. And if we find that there's something not right, we, have a, we need to go, we need to repent, we need to talk, we need to reconcile. Because Jesus came with a message of reconciliation. As we stand, because we may st be standing in the way of pursuing holiness, even for our children, because of the way we live, even for those around us, because they look at us and see what kind of relationships do you have? We do not forgive, yet we keep on saying the Lord's Prayer. We say all kinds of things, and yet we do not follow what the Word of God says. So let us forgive. In fact, if we think about some Samuel, um, what he told King Saul in 1 Samuel 15, 22 to 24. And I want to just pick up a few words from there. Samuel said, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. So obeying the word of God is better than sacrifice. Submitting to what his word says is better than sacrifice. And remember, when you don't do what the Lord says in his word, when it, we don't have that proper parent-child relationship it's, and we refuse it, it is called witchcraft. In verse 23, rebellion is as simple as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you've rejected the command of the Lord, then so was told he was rejected as king. We, when we reject the word of the Lord, then we are not part of him. Partial obedience is not obedience at all. Use 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7 as a way of checking how your relationships are as we pursue holiness in our parent-child relationships. How do we relate in, with, in this particular relationship? How are we dishonoring them? Are we self-seeking? Are we holding a record of wrongs? Whatever it is, get it right. Then the second lesson is about godliness and honesty, which must go together. They must go together. You cannot say you're godly and then you're not honest. You're not honest in that you murder and, and you get angry. You're not honest because you steal. You're not honest because you commit adultery. You're not honest because you give false witness. You're not honest because you covet. All those things, all those commandments that lie in there, that is what God is talking about. It is about our thoughts, it's about our actions, it about, it's about what his word says, and we should follow. So we start with Exodus 20:13. You shall not murder, respect life, 
respect life. God is the source of life. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So anyone who takes away life is actually having a fight against God. Abortion, and I'm talking to you young ones. I'm talking about any one of you who's, who's pregnant right now. I understand during the COVID-19 season, the devil is out there. Please do not throw away that child. Do not abort that child. That's a life that God has knitted in you. That's what Psalms 139, 13 to 16 reads. Please go and read it. He knows it. That child is there. He breathed life into that child. Please don't destroy that child. Don't throw away that child. There is a nation growing into that child. Then some of us, because of the various things that are around us, the injustices that are around us, we can may have thoughts, suicidal thoughts. We may think that enough is enough. Remember, again, reading from Psalms 139, 13 to, six, to 16, that God made you wonderfully. You are wonderful. You are a wonderful person. He created you wonderful. Every day of your life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Can you allow him? Can you allow him to take over your life in whatever your thoughts, in, in the feelings, in the actions, in the things that you're going through, can you allow him, please allow him to come so that indeed he may change you and that you don't take your life away. Taking your life away is not of God. And then the Lord also talks about, Jesus talks about it in the New Testament and says, you know, murder is not only killing. In Matthew 5.21, he says, murder is actually getting angry. Matthew 5.26 says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. So anger, anger is wrong. Ephesians 4.26 to 27 talks about it even more. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. There's one way I like thinking about it, that if I am angry during the day, I will go and sleep. And when I sleep, I'm sleeping with the devil. He brings plants more thoughts. And I keep on thinking more and more. And the following morning, I become even more angry. And some of the things that you are thinking, probably they are completely wrong. You have no idea the journey or why things happen the way they are. Please let us deal with anger according to that word every single day. If you have to sleep over it, sleep over it with Jesus, asking him in his word, how do I deal with this? But don't carry it on. In, during this COVID-19 injustices, we can see what anger has done, how it has built up all kinds of things coming out from people. We have seen the racial injustices that are taking place in the U.S. and throughout the world. They have opened up our eyes, the economic injustices, the family injustices as we live together as families, the social injustices. This season, the Lord is shaking everything that can be shaken. Let us look at ourselves and not let burn with anger and so that we can have life-giving relationships. You shall not commit my adultery. That's the other one. Exodus 20:14. God focuses back on the family again. It is within the family. Sex, sex, my brothers and sisters, is only allowed in the boundary of a husband and a wife. Nowhere else. No more discussion. That is exactly what the Lord says. You know, when we commit adultery, it is an invasion of the household, a destruction of the bond which, and, uh, which brought the family together, a dissolution of that contract, which is the main basis of social order. It is a family injustice. It is a social injustice. Hebrews 13, 4 says, let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge. God will judge. It is not us. We see 
and whatever you're doing is wrong, God will judge the sexual immoral and adulterous. And guess what? They will not even enter the kingdom of God. So it doesn't matter. And that's why we're talking about godliness and honesty. You can come out and look the way you want, but if you're not honest and God sees our hearts, we will be punished for it. May the Lord help us. And let me just mention something. Sometimes we say, oh, the Bible doesn't have all this information. Whatever you see in movies was already there in the Bible. The Bible is full of stories that of the pain that sexual sin has caused apart from adultery, from incest to homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, pornography, it is all there. And in fact, in Matthew 5.28, Jesus says, about adultery. He says, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So what do you do? Put boundaries. What you see, what you hear, the things that know you know that take you the wrong way, please keep off. Colossians 3, 5 to 6 says, put it off. Move away from this. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 also says that this is actually a sin against the body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So do not commit adultery. Do not commit adultery. Leave sin. Leave the sexual scene within the family fold. Then also, um, the, the other one is after we talked about you shall not, you shall not, um, you shall not steal, you shall not uh, murder. We, t- we talked about now you cannot commit adultery. Then the other one is you should you should not give f- for false witness. I don't think we've talked about you shall not steal. Let, let's bring that up. Exodus 20:15. You shall not steal. This is the res- respecting the rights of ownership. A theft, all theft is stealing from God because God owns it all. Psalms 24 verse 1 says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And we steal in many ways. We steal time, like now during the time of, of this uh, COVID-19 time, people are working, you're stealing time and you want to be paid. That is theft. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit. That's Proverbs 10.2. So do not steal. Instead, Ephesians 4.28 says, if you're a thief, Quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. And for us, those who are corrupt, those who have done things that are messing lots of generations, we pray for the Zacchaeus spirit. In Luke 19:8, that you will go and say to the Lord, not to people, for people to see you, in order for them to love you, but to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone or anything, I restore it fourfold. Finally, do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Don't lie, don't injure character. The social media injures character. We do a lot, we pass notes. We talk about things that are not right and and bring dignity down on our people. We cannot do this. And as a result, we have court cases that go on and on and on because we are lying, we are lying. Injustices to families, injustices to nation, injustices to communities, because we keep on lying all the time. And we shall not covet. Again, be content, be content with what you have. When we are not content, that means we do not trust God to supply our resources. Don't look outside there. Be content with what you have. God has provided everything for us. I love what Paul, um, um, I love what, Paul said in Philippians 4, 12 to 13, I know what is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in, in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Let us be content with what we have, for he has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So my dear brothers and sisters, How am I to live in pursuing holiness in relationship with others? Look at those commandments. 
the ones that deal with the relationship, coming from the parent-child relationship, which has spiritual and generational consequences, to that of relating to one another in godliness and honesty. This must go together. You cannot have one without the other. Let us pray. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.